0: Hello, and welcome to another edition of Stick Together, delivering union news and social justice issues. Stick Together is produced at 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. You can listen to the show on 3CR on 8.55am in Melbourne, on your local community radio station, or online at www.3cr.org.au forward slash Stick Together. I'm... Grace Blake. Today on the show, we'll be talking about International Workers Memorial Day, and Colin Hess, our New South Wales reporter, will discuss the abuse of traineeship wages in the hospitality sector with Arthur Rorris, the Secretary of the South Coast Labor Council in Wollongong. But first, some union news. May Day is the International Day of working People and working class struggle. It commemorates the international struggle for the eight hour working day, first one right here in Australia. Events are being held throughout Australia to celebrate May Day this week. Hobart held a May Day march on Sunday, the thirtieth of April while events were held on the first of May in Brisbane and in Darwin. Events are yet to be held in South Australia. That will happen this weekend on Saturday the 6th of May with a march starting in Victoria Square in Adelaide at 10am as well as on Sunday the 7th of May at the Port Adelaide Workers' Memorial on the corner of St Vincent Street and Commercial Road in Port Adelaide. New South Wales, Victoria and Western Australia will celebrate this weekend as well. In Sydney, there will be a March and Family Fun Day from 12 noon to 5pm in Hyde Park North. In Melbourne, there will be a May Day Fair at the Victorian Trades Hall in Carlton with bands, kids' rides and food from 10am to 2pm. And finally, in Western Australia, there will be a celebration at the Fremantle Esplanade from 10am to 2pm with a May Day march starting at 12 noon. All of these events will be on Sunday the 7th of May. Contact your local Trade Union Council for further details about May Day celebrations in your area. The ETU Queensland and Northern Territory Branch has begun testing and reconnecting power as part of Operation Energize. This is an ongoing campaign which sees qualified electricians travel to cyclone affected areas in Queensland and assist community groups, not for profit organisations, pensioners, sole parents and the uninsured. The current campaign began on the twenty fourth of April. Crews have assisted community groups, including the Prosipan Tennis Club, Prosipan BMX Club, the Whitsunday Touch, AFL and Rugby Clubs, as well as families in the aftermath of Cyclone Debbie. Electricians will continue working in the Bowen and Prosipan areas until the 4th of May. For further information, check your local newspaper, community hub and the ETU Queensland and Northern Territories website and Facebook page to find out when they will be in your local community. (coughs) Hundreds of teachers around Victoria are being joined by nurses, librarians, health professionals and academics this week to demand the offshore detention camps be closed and for the asylum seekers and refugees to be brought to Australia. The participants are wearing pro-refugee T-shirts to work and in the community all week and to a public vigil which was held last night at the State Library. Teachers from many schools across the state are participating in the action, which is being endorsed by the Victorian branches of the Australian Education Union, the Australian Nurses and Midwifery Federation, the National Tertiary Education Union, the Victorian Allied Health Professionals Association and the Health and Community Services Union. Lucy Honan from Teachers for Refugees, spoke to Stick Together about this week's action.
1: This is a major human rights issue in Australia. Australia, our government, has been looking up refugees on Manus and Nauru for more than four years now um, and it's time to time to release them, time to um, close the camps and bring the refugees here.
0: What has the community response been like?
1: Uh an excellent community response. I'm still getting text messages and Facebook messages and phone calls asking for T-shirts, how do I get my hand on a T-shirt, my colleagues want more T-shirts. Um, we took a photo out the front of our school today and the kids were really supportive and cheering us on um, and certainly there's a from the refugee movement itself, it's a very galvanising campaign.
0: Well, how can we get more T-shirts?
1: <laughs> um, you can get in touch by the Teachers for Refugees Facebook page, or if you're a librarian via uh, the Librarians for XG's Facebook page, if you're a nurse, contact the Australian Nurses and Midwifery Federation, if you're a health professional top contact, um, the Victorian Allied Health Professionals um, Union, or the Health and Community Services Union.
0: That's great. What about our listeners who are interstate? How can they find out more, or how can they participate?
1: Uh, I know that lots of people are watching interstate, keen for an action in their city or state. So um, it's it's a very grassroots thing. So get in contact with your colleagues, with your union, um, and see if you can plan an action um, yourselves. Otherwise, if you're a teacher, uh, there's the Teachers for Refugees groups in all the different cities, um, or contact your Refugee Action Collective or committee or coalition, and they might be able to help you.
2: Stick,
0: stick together.
2: together. S- yeah. Stick together. Together. Stick yeah. together. Stick
0: together. Stick together.
2: Stick. stick together. stick
0: together. Stick together. Stick
3: together. You're listening to Stick Together on community radio.
0: 28th of April is International Workers' Memorial Day, which is commemorated each year around the world to honour the memory of victims of occupational accidents and diseases and to organise worldwide awareness of this issue. I went to the memorial service at the Victorian Trades Hall on the day to hear the service, which was emceed by their campaigns officer, Will Strackey and introduced by Robin Scott – the Victorian Minister for Multicultural Affairs and Finance and who is responsible for WorkSafe. 30 workplace deaths were commemorated at the Melbourne service, which was symbolised by presenting a pair of shoes for each worker who had died in the last year. Here's what Will and Robin said during the service.
2: Every day, the world over, workers head off to their jobs. They do that to put money in the bank... To put a roof over their heads and to put food on the table. And every single year around the globe, over two million of them never come home. And countless others develop lifelong injury, disease and disability as a direct result of their work. Here in Victoria, according to official statistics, 25 people were killed at work in the last 12 months. But we know the true number of work-related deaths is much, much higher. Since this time last year, we count over 200 Victorians that have died as a direct result of an injury sustained at work. They were farm workers, construction workers, factory workers, dock workers, quarry workers, frontline service workers, trainers, instructors, drivers, pilots. And we know there are countless more who died as a result of their work. Those who lost their lives from asbestos-related diseases, work-related cancers chronic injury and the effects of stress, psychological injury and PTSD. Every one of those lives ended because their workplaces were not safe enough. There are no words to express the grief that their families, their workplaces and their communities have suffered. So we gather here today to remember them all and to honour them all. But also to rededicate ourselves to fighting to make workplaces safer. In the union movement, we believe that every workplace death is preventable. And we believe it's incumbent on every single one of us to do whatever it takes to make that happen. I'd like to introduce one of our staunchest allies, Robin Scott. He's the Minister for Multicultural Affairs and Finance and the Minister responsible for WorkSafe. Since taking up this position, Robin has shown a deep personal commitment to protecting Victorians on the job and making our workplaces as safe as possible. Please welcome Robin Scott.
3: Uh, thank you. Let me first acknowledge traditional owners of the land on which we meet, the Ranji people of the Kulin Nation. May I pay my respects to the elders, both past and present. Um, I'm. Honoured and humbled by that kind introduction because the most important role that I play is the role that I have in, in relation to work safe and protecting the safety of Victorian workers. And today we commemorate all those workers who are lost, whose lives are lost on Victorian and other work sites around the world. Every one of those workers is a human being was a human being with hopes, dreams, fears, loves, had parents children, husbands, wives, brothers, sisters. A person who is as alive as you or I, full of life, full of hope for the future. And those that life and those lives have been lost. And we always must remember the human element and accord each of those workers the respect and the common humanity that we all share. They're not a statistic, they're a person. A person whose life was cut short. A person whose life was cut short going to work to earn a living, to support themselves and their family. So I think it's fitting and I'd like to thank Trades Hall for the memorial that they're conducting here today and the work that they've done previously. Because the best way that we can honour those lives lost is to rededicate ourselves, all of us, to health and safety in the workplace and to ensure that lives are not lost in the future. And I'd like to thank, on behalf of the Victorian Government, I know WorkSafe, all the work that is undertaken by HSRs, often in difficult circumstances, to make Victorian workplaces safer.
0: After the service, I spoke with several people about why they were there and why they believed International Workers' Memorial Day was important. Here's what Jerry Ayres, Health and Safety Unit Manager at the CFMEU, had to say.
4: I think it's important because it remembers the dead, but it also inspires, and it should inspire us all, to fight for all the living, um, in the sense of keeping people safe at work so there's no more fatalities.
0: Today we've seen 30 deaths remembered today how does that fit in the scheme of things, is that a high number a low number or uh, not quite an accurate number?
4: Uh, look I think um, it's probably more when you can see that people die from diseases that they've uh, contacted through work, um, you know the old cliche one death is one too many but in, in this case it does hold true so 30 um, is to put it bluntly appalling
0: a number of injured workers were also present at the service and several of them were keen to have their voices heard. I was told a common theme. People who had been injured in the workplace and were now unable to work even though they just want to get back to their jobs. Meanwhile, they are stuck in a cycle of bureaucracy and legal issues while they fight for justice. I also spoke
2: with Will Stracke about what people can do to commemorate the day. So every year we do a um, put out your boots, so uh, as part of our service here we have um, a pair of boots that represents or shoes that represents every worker who's died at work and so we ask that those who can't come to the service that they take a photo of their own boots and they put that up on social media to, uh, with, a, with the hashtag put out your boots to pay respect to workers who've died. As for what union members can do in the workplace to prevent work-related
0: injuries, deaths and illnesses, everyone seemed to say the same thing. Speaking with me is the United Firefighter Union's Victorian Branch Secretary, Peter Marshall.
5: Well, the main thing you should do is speak out and that is that if something's wrong, you should say so. You have the right to refuse to work if it's unsafe, Uh, and more importantly, you could prevent someone else's death, so don't be afraid. There's laws to protect you, and you've got unions to protect you, so they should speak out.
0: And finally, the Victorian Trades Hall Choir was there singing their version of Bruce Springsteen's Factory.
1: Through the mansions of fear, through the mansions of pain, See my daddy walking
5: through them, factory gates in the rain. Factory takes his hearing, factory gives him life. It's the work, the working, just the working line. The work, the working, the working
0: line. You're listening to Stick Together. I'm Grace Blake and that was a report on International Workers Memorial Day coming to you from the Victorian Trades Hall in Melbourne. In recent months, one of the big stories in the news has been the underpayment of young workers in Australia. Bringing you this story is our New South Wales reporter, Colin Hesse.
4: Today's discussion is about the exploitation of workers, particularly young workers in the hospitality and retail sector. In Wollongong, 80 kilometres south of Sydney, workers employed by Icon Restaurants Australia, trading as our Outback Steakhouse, have been paid as little as half the hourly rate they should have been paid. To tell us more about the situation, we welcome to stick together Arthur Rorris, Secretary of the South Coast Labor Council. Good morning, Arthur. Good morning, Carl. Arthur, can you tell us why the South Coast Labor Council is involved in this issue?
5: Well, we've been concerned for some time about the uh, the pressures on young people, particularly in regional areas with higher youth unemployment, and students obviously fit into that category, and uh, the pressure's on them to accept any job offer that comes around regardless of the paying conditions. And of course, what that, what happens, particularly with some uh, unscrupulous employers, is um, very uh, severe cases of um, exploitation, and well, blatantly illegal behavior as well on the part of uh, uh, many employers paying cash in hand in many cases and other things, we, uh, we came across a student at the University of Wollongong who uh, had been pretty badly treated and she decided to begin a social media conversation at the university with other students. And what she did was uh, compile a list of over 60 uh, local businesses, predominantly in the hospitality uh, industry, who uh, um, were not paying what they should have been paying and not uh, not dealing with uh, their young workers the way that you'd expect them to. And uh, that list was quite impressive, really, in the sense that uh, the no. students had pretty much been able to put together what many in the union movement had been trying to do for some time. But obviously, being of that age and in that group, they were perfectly positioned to do it. Uh, they... Uh, Asked us for uh, some assistance with it and uh, to get the word out, and we encouraged them to tell their own story. And the Fairfax investigation, which led to the to the articles, great student swindle, which uh, flooded the uh, the media at the end of last year and has continued on throughout to this year, uh, pretty much as a result of uh, of, uh, of those investigations. Since, however, is that. Um, uh, in recognition of the fact that the 12 young people who were courageous enough to come forward and tell their stories, with South Coast Labour Council decided to uh, um, do whatever we could to recoup the money that they were owed. Uh, we were conscious of the fact that they, for many of them it was first jobs and they weren't really in a position or with an understanding as to which union and what to uh, join. So we made a decision that we we would assist them uh, gratis, as they say, um, in recognition of the fact that they decided to stand stand up and speak out, and we thought that was worth supporting. Uh, what we've uncovered since, however, is an even bigger problem, and uh, uh, the most recent uh, facet of that, I guess, is the, uh, the use of the vocational education and training system, and particularly traineeships, for the purposes of... Uh, of uh, uh, getting the Australian taxpayer essentially to fund the exploitation of young workers, and that's a tragedy.
4: Yeah, this has all been done under a state, a New South Wales state scheme, hasn't it? It's uh, the Smart and Skills scheme run by the New mm. South Wales Department of Industry and in Training, and uh, it it leads to people being signed up on traineeships where there, in fact, is no training.
5: Well, that is that's that is Very the case. Lethal. Now, in fairness to the New South Wales government on this question, the uh, the student who uh, raised the issue with us with the uh, Outback Steakhouse was actually employed in 2014, just before the introduction of Smart and Skilled. However, all of those assets have continued on to Smart and Skilled in terms of the, uh, the way in which those traineeships are signed and done. So uh, these problems certainly predated um, smart and skilled, but we also have evidence that they have flourished under smart and skilled later. The point is is that where you have private uh, uh, registered training organisations whose main interest is in, uh, in making a profit as opposed to the education of, uh, of our young people, you're, you're going to get that temptation to uh, skim or to make as much money as you can whether the training is delivered or not. We have grave concerns in this case because uh, the students have told us Uh, that uh, they just proceeded to do what they were always doing in terms of working in these outlets and uh, there was very, very little training. Bearing in mind that for a three-year traineeship, you you should be employed at least as a 21-hour permanent worker And what we say is that these workers were actually employed under a pre-work choices non-union collective or certified agreement, I should say, that allowed the employer to pay no penalty rates, to pay very little by way of any other benefits to workers. And for some of these workers serving alcohol where they should have been paid as adults, they were being paid uh, $11.80 an hour in this particular case in 2014. So it, it actually operates on many levels, but the interesting thing is the traineeship is just such a brazen attempt to get some more cash out of the taxpayer for the purpose.
4: Is this part of a problem for workers in regional areas in particular I and mean, for people listening to this around Australia? Wollongong is a relatively poor employment market. The University of Wollongong has a lot of students in it so students are desperate to get a bit of extra money.
5: The problems tend to be greater where you do have a higher uh, level of youth unemployment for obvious reasons but uh, it's not restricted to that. I remarked to uh, some of my colleagues in Sydney that uh, really all they needed to do is to walk out of their offices in Suffolk Street and go for a walk down to Haymarket and I've got Absolutely, no doubt that what's been happening in Wollongong within the CBD and those areas, very, very similar things, if not worse, would be happening right there in the CBD, which is supposed to have one of the lowest levels of, uh, of unemployment uh, in the country. So whilst youth high levels of youth unemployment in regional areas is a particular problem and adds extra stresses, I guess, and uh, pressures on young people, it is not... Uh, It is not uh, uh, a problem of uh, regional areas. It's certainly not just a Wollongong problem. This is something that's happening right across the country. The key issue here to remember is that we're not talking about bad apples. We are talking about a systemic problem. This is a culture. This is a business model, a very clear, specific, deliberate business model of wage theft, and what we say is that the federal government is aiding and abetting that process of wage theft, um, not only through their industrial laws, which are designed to stop workers defending their rights and to stop these sorts of frauds, but also, as we now know, and this is the bit where it gets interesting, is that actually directly funding uh, the process of exploitation. You could say, really, that the federal government are exploitation partners in this business model,
4: this is through, I guess, the, the vocational educational system they set up. I mean, are we talking about two things here, Arthur? One is that the vocal edu- the privatised vocational education system is essentially working hand in glove to make sure sort of the, these exploitative situations occur, but also that we in fact have a lack of regulation or enforcement of regulation around the the way in which people are employed.
5: Oh, certainly. And uh, to take those two in turn, um, in the first instance. <laughs> It's funny, isn't it? We, we, there was some discussion about, uh, about uh, breaking, breaking unjust laws uh, in this country uh, in the union movement after some comments by the new ACT Secretary Sally McManus. How ironic it is that if you're looking at a scale of lawlessness, the Australian business community has it hands down over everybody. And it not it fascinating that where you've got this level of rorting, of actually straight out corruption really in the processes. Of all the things that the federal government could look at for a royal commission, they chose the union movement. I mean, it's kind of, it kind of tells a story itself. But on the second uh, question of, uh, of training and uh, privatization, um, much of this would not have occurred. It certainly wouldn't stop businesses using other aspects of, uh, of uh, an exploitative business model, but certainly the use of taxpayer funds through the vocational education and training uh, programs would not have occurred if we didn't have a very clear, deliberate uh, strategy and policy on the part, frankly, of successive governments federally, both Labor and liberal to privatise the vocational education training system to introduce what's become known as a a contestability model where the uh, TAFEs essentially had to compete in a a so-called market with a private sector. Well, how can you compete with that? How can the TAFE sector compete with private providers such as these that have got a business model that doesn't provide training? That's, That's a pretty hard, hard ask. That is why we have demanded that there be an immediate suspension of any new traineeships in the hospitality industry that are using private registered training organisations, pending a complete audit of existing traineeships in that sector and an independent inquiry into the traineeship system. If this was the first complaint, the government might have been able to say, well, you know... uh, That's uh, one example or a bad apple, but it's not. There has been a litany of examples that have stretched the the breadth and the depth of the vocational education training system around the country and across industries. It really is rotten to the core, and this illustrates in a very clear way how two aspects, the training system and the industrial system, can be uh, put together as part of a very, very dangerous, illegal and, uh, frankly, a a disgraceful business model that is aimed at one thing, exploiting young people and uh, increasing profits for some of these unscrupulous employers.
4: Arthur Rorris, I think uh, with that fairly damning summation of the the current system, uh, we should probably leave it there. But we do thank you so much for your time this morning and for joining us here on Stick Together and the National Community Radio Network.
5: Thank you, Cole. It's a pleasure.
0: That was Arthur Rorris, Secretary of the South Coast Labor Council in Wollongong, speaking to Stick Together about abuses of traineeship wages in the hospitality sector. That's all for this week's show. Thanks to Gary Ayres, Peter Marshall, Will Strachey and Arthur Roris for talking to us today. Stick Together is produced in Melbourne at 3CR Radio. The show is broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network and you can listen to us on your local community radio station. If you're listening online, you can find the podcast at 3cr.org.au forward slash sticktogether. You can also contact the producers of the show by emailing sticktogether3cr at gmail.com, or by calling 039419-8377 and leaving us a message. And remember, wherever you are, whatever you do, there's a union for you. My name's Grace Blake. Until next time, bye for now.